world where medical doctors cover up your symptoms with drugs. You need a better way. Look no further. You found it. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as medical advice. Always consult a physician when trying to get off a prescription medication. Welcome to the Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Showalter. I am certified in holistic nutrition. I am not a doctor, and these claims have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration to prevent, cure, or treat any disease. I wanted to talk about how nutritional deficiency can be a contributing factor to same-sex attraction. Now, I know any talking about this subject without praising same-sex attraction can shut people down and they'll stop listening, but I just want to I'm going to try and do this very delicately so that you can still listen because I want you to un- help you understand the situation. Now, this is going to be an episode that you're going to want to share on Facebook and other social media because 99.9999999% of people have never heard this understanding of a nutritional deficiency behind, being behind same-sex attraction. And when I first heard about it, I, I was like, wow. That makes total sense. Of all of the explanations that I've ever heard, this one makes the most sense. And it seems to fit all of the pieces together. Now, before I get into that, I want you to do a little exercise. Look at a man's body and look at his sexual organs. Now, if you ponder on this, you'll come to realize that his body by itself makes no sense. And if you look at a woman's body and her sexual organs, and you think about it for a while, her body by itself makes no sense. But if you look at both of their bodies in the context of each other, they make sense. One is ordered towards the other. They're ordered together. Now, nature orders itself towards life. This is a natural instinct of reproducing whether it be animals or insects or anything, nature is ordering itself towards life. Now, if you believe in evolution of species, this idea that that nature would order itself towards not producing life would be contrary to the evolutionary process. And the only reason I could think of that nature might order itself towards not life would be some kind of eugenics culling of weak by not having them rebreed. And of course, I don't believe in evolution, so so I don't believe that's true, but it might be interesting to ponder if you actually do believe in evolution because it doesn't make sense in all of nature why a species would order itself to not reproduce itself. And just quickly, If you believe in evolution, just look up polystrata fossils. This completely destroys the argument for evolution. Just a quick description of what polystrata fossils are. Each layer of rock is called a strata, and scientists say that each layer of rock is thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions of years older than, than each individual layer. And they find fossils in each of these different layers. And what they do is if you have a fossil 
and you take it to somebody and have them test it to find out the date, they won't test it until you tell them what layer of rock that you found it in because they use index fossils to date layers of rock and they use layers of rock to date fossils. So it's completely circular reasoning. What polystratifossils are, are trees that are growing up through multiple layers of strata rock. And these strata of rock are supposed to be thousands of years, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years apart, yet there's these trees going, growing straight up right through multiple layers of rock. Completely destroys the idea that these multiple, these layers of rock are different ages. What does this prove? It proves that there was a worldwide flood and this flood stirred up a lot of sediment and you can do you can do this test by yourself get a jar of water put dirt in it shake it up and it'll separate itself out in layers exactly what you find in nature and I bring this up because the ideas I often present on this podcast are contrary to what you've been taught in school and this is just yet another one of those things that are not taught in school. So if you find this topic interesting, want me to do a podcast episode, even though it's not really health health related, let me know and I might consider doing it. But moving on to the topic at hand, as far as uh, nutritional efficiency being the cause or contributing factor to same-sex attraction. Now this is backed up by science, but even if you didn't have science, consider the idea as a possibility. Wouldn't it make sense? Um, when Dr. Price went around to indigenous cultures trying to find healthy cultures to see what they ate, he, one of the first things that he did was he looked at the dental arches of the people and the healthy cultures he found had perfect dental arches. And what he came to discover was these healthy cultures, when they had all the nutrients they needed to build a healthy body, their dental arches were perfect. They didn't need braces or anything like that. So this comes to the idea of if you were nutritionally deficient, the body could not properly build itself, whether it be prenatally or in early development, didn't uh, build itself completely the way that it was designed to because it didn't have the nutrition that it needed. All birth defects are a cause of prenatal nutritional deficiency. Like a baby born with a hole in the heart, it's a common birth defect. Nobody's going to tell them, well, why don't we just accept them the way that they are? Because if we did that and didn't do surgery, they would die. So this is not the design of God. This is not the design of nature in these birth defects. And there we, therefore, we can also consider... That same-sex attraction is not in the design of nature, as I as I did in the exercise when I first started out. Nature orders itself towards life. Therefore, if it's not ordered to, towards life, it would be disordered. And I know that's that's a that's a word that'll make a lot of people mad. But I mean, we're ordered towards life, or we're not, as in our design. So, talking about some of this. Uh, science behind this idea of nutritional deficiency causing a study done by Simon Levays uh, is a report published in the Journal of Science on August 30, 1991. 
is based on his year-long study of the hypothalamus and 41 cadavers, including 19 self-avowed homosexual men and 16 heterosexual men and 6 heterosexual women. All of the homosexuals uh, had died of AIDS, and 7 of the heterosexuals, including uh, one of the women, uh, also died from AIDS. What he found was that, with few exceptions, the cluster of neurons known as INAH3, third interstitial nucleus of the anterior hypothalamus, which LeVay called the business and as far as sex goes, was more than twice as large as the heterosexual males as in the homosexual males, whose INH3 was around the same size as, as women. So what this shows is, in layman's terms, if you if you get past all the science stuff, in layman's terms, the normal size of a heterosexual uh, hypothalamus was twice as large as the homosexual person's hypothalamus. Now this is not one isolated case. Another uh, study, Kay Larkin and colleagues from Oregon Health and Science University found the difference was in particular was in a particular region of the hypothalamus, the preoptic nu nucleus. The region is generally almost twice as large in rams as in ewes, but in gay rams, its size was almost identical t to that in straight females. So we have, I don't know how they determined whether the, these rams were gay or not, but <laughs> um, but they're, they're finding the same thing. The hypothalamus is smaller in, in homosexual um, people than in heterosexual people. And the hypothalamus is known to control sex hormone release and many types of sexual behavior. Several, several other parts of the hypothalamus show consistent sex differences in size, but only this specific region showed differences that correlated with sexual preference. So there you go. I, more study needs to be done on, on this subject. Um, and I think it would, if they ever did f find a gene, a gay gene, which they haven't found, um, genes are epigenetic. They respond to their environment. So if their environment is nutritionally deficient, then, then we're going to end up with the same result. So this is going to, disp even if they found a gay gene, this nutritional deficiency aspect would um, debunk this gay gene hypo hypothesis uh, as in that they were meant to be this way instead of being a result of the environment that they were subject to. Now I also believe that there's many other contributing factors that may influence this and may contribute to it as in a stack-on effect of nutritional deficiency plus these other things compounding onto it. One of those being uh, the birth control pill and as it being a water pollutant because when when you urinate uh, and you're taking the pill those hormones are going out through your urine into the sewage system it's getting uh, cleaned up and then it's going back out into the water table however those hormones are not getting removed in the sewage treatment plants so it's getting into the water supply and causing lots of havoc um, many, many studies all over the country. Um, one case in Boulder, Colorado, when EPA funded scientists at the University of Colorado studied fish 
in the pristine mountain stream known as Boulder Creek, they found randomly netting 123 trout and other fish downstream from the city's sewer plant. They found 101 were female, 12 were male, 10 were strange intersex fish with male and female features. In 2004, uh, for example, researchers of the Potomac River downstream of Washington, D.C. found that largemouth bass that was in most respects were male but also had eggs in their sexual organs. So this is a serious problem. And basically what the pill is is estrogen. I believe this is hyperfeminizing women contributing to it and uh, feminizing men uh, where where it's affecting their sperm count as far as 50% in some cases, dropping their sperm count. Now it's interesting that this is we're in a giant science experiment. Um, when you look at the fish and stuff, they have a shorter life cycle than we do. So it'll be interesting to see the effects of this long term, and I'm sure that it's not going to be good. Um, there's other contributing factors. Uh, BPA, that's uh, bisphenol A, is an estrogen mimicker. There's lots of these estrogen mimickers. This BPA is in plastic. Um, it's found in all sorts of things. There's a, a plastic layer of this BPA in canned foods. There's Almost all of our food is packaged in some type of plastic. Um, it's debatable what, what plastics contain this BPA and what don't. Um, that would take some massive research to try to figure out what does and what doesn't. And then there's just all general chemicals and toxins in our environment. Um, whether it be food additives or uh, pollutants in the air or in the water, um, it's really just hard to nail anything down. We can just say for sure that this stuff isn't good for our health. And there also seems to be some, some information on... Uh, Role, fatherly role models uh, being a contributing factor in uh, same-sex attraction in boys. Um, boys that did not have a strong fatherly figure or there, uh, there wasn't a father figure. Oftentimes this seems to be a correlation that is something that I've heard and I suppose it's a contributing factor along with the culture being a contributing factor um, with it being in TVs and movies where the the same-sex guys funny and cool and and people try to imitate imitate that it, I think that could be an influence as well now there are many health problems with same-sex lifestyle as of 1998 54% uh, of all AIDS cases in America were homosexual men according to the CDC and according to J.R. Daling, it says, Correlates of homosexual behavior and incidence of anal cancer in the Journal of American Medical Association, 1982, says the risk of anal cancer soars by 4,000% among those who engage in anal intercourse. Uh, the reason for that is your sperm are designed to penetrate cells. Uh, they're, they're designed to penetrate the egg and fertilize it. Well, if you put sperm in a place where it's not supposed to be, it's going, it, they don't know any better. They're going to penetrate the cells in the colon and cause it to uh, mutate, causing cancer. 
So the uh, anal area was not designed to have things put in it. It's a part of the digestive system. It's not a part of the reproductive system. Also, uh, people of same-sex attraction are three times more likely to commit suicide. And that's, in a, that's not an old statistic either. That's in a culture that praises this, this lifestyle. So it's not because they're getting bullied or anything. These people are um, people with same-sex attraction are put on a pedestal and and uh, considered heroes among people in the culture. So it's not that it's not that because people are bullying them or anything. Um, and my feeling is the reason for this is same-sex acts are not fulfilling to them. And the reason it's not fulfilling to them is because it's not the type of love as God calls us to love. And I talked about this in the, when I talked about the birth control pill. God's love is total, faithful, and fruitful. His love is total. It's, it's a complete giving of self to the other. In same-sex acts, it's not a total gift of self. It's, it's, it's a use of pleasure for, of the other. So if, even if they're consensual, they're mutually using each other. That is not fulfilling to yourself. God's love is faithful. It's, it's committed to one person only. And oftentimes in same-sex relationships, this is not a monogamous thing. And uh, I know in heterosexual relationships, people have the same problem. And they have the same problem. It's not fulfilling. And it's also same-sex acts are not fruitful. So if we love the way God loves, total, faithful, fruitful, we'll have meaning in our lives. And same-sex acts do not do that. Now there is such a thing as it's called reparative therapy, but it's it's not the way that you think uh, the word is used. The goal is the goal of reparative therapy, according to Dr. Rick Fitzgibbons. The goal is not so much to change their sexual orientation, but to help them overcome their emotional pain. And he does this by help helping his patients. Let go of their anger through three levels of forgiveness, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And as a result, many are helped in resolving their homosexual attraction, attractions and behaviors. Now, in his clinical experience, he's finding that uh, a good portion of the cases that he deals with, once he helps these people work through that, what they're going through, that their same-sex attraction goes away. As much as um, there's a uh, study study done by uh, Dr. Robert Spitzer of Columbia University, and he's a champion of gay activism, and uh, he did a study uh, which was uh, uh, studied in or put, published in Archives of Sexual Behavior in 2003. And this study surveyed 200 uh, people, 143 male and 57 female. 
And after therapy, it was reported that 61% of men and 44% of women reported a marked change in toward heterosexual attraction that lasted at least five years. So this, what this shows is that a good portion of the same-sex attraction is, is concerning uh, the mind and the emotions. And Dr. Spitzer concludes that the mental health profession should stop, stop moving in the direction of banning therapy that has a, as a goal a change in sexual orientation. Because the reparative therapy, as it's called, has been outlawed in states uh, because, like I said in the beginning, uh, same-sex attraction is a hot-button issue. It, uh, it it can trigger people to shut shut down and stop listening to you. But if you think of it as, say, somebody with depression or uh, schizophrenia or something like that, you aren't going to go, "Yay, you have depression." You would be you you know something's not quite right. Uh, if you have depression and you seek out psychiatric help, although I don't believe that that's always a help because they'll put you on drugs, but you you want to seek out help because you know something's not quite right with it. And I think you could say the same thing about same-sex attraction. Just speaking on the natural level, something's not quite right with it. It's not designed that way. Um, and one last thing, since I am a devout Catholic, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith after researching things, doing a lot of research, um, I just wanted to do, give a statement about what the Catholic Church teaches about this. And it's not quite what you would expect, uh, what the Catechism of Catholic Church says, uh, paragraph 2358, says, this inclination, talking about same-sex attraction, which is objectively disordered, and think, remember, remember what I had said about nature ordering life towards life, that's what it means, constitutes for most of them a trial. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives. And if they're Christian, to unite to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross the difficulties that they may encounter from their condition. Next paragraph says, Homosexual persons are called to chastity. By the virtues of self-mastery they, they teach them inner freedom, at times by the support of disinterested friendship, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. So what, what the church is saying is if you're attracted to the same sex, this attraction in itself is not sinful. What is sinful is the acts, acting on the attraction. Just like, just like somebody who's heterosexual, if somebody is acts on their attraction towards somebody else's wife, that would be sinful as well. Why is that? Because the church likes having a bunch of rules? No, it's because sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of man and woman. In marriage, the physical intimacy of spouses becomes the sign and pledge of spiritual communion. Marriage bonds between baptized persons are sanctified by the sacrament. Sexuality by means of which 
man and woman give themselves to one another through the acts which are proper and ex exclusive to spouses is not something simply biological but concerns the innermost being of the human person as such it is realized in the true human way only if the integral part of the love by which man and woman commit themselves totally to one another until death there's a couple paragraphs after same-sex attraction gk chesterton said that the Catholic faith is like a playground with a fence around it and just beyond that fence is a cliff. Now if that fence was not there you wouldn't be able to be as free as you as you would be if the fence was there because you you might get bumped over the edge. And like I said before it's 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 loving as God loves total faithful and fruitful because only when you are pursuing the way that we were designed, can you find the most fulfillment? And as Christopher West talks about in his uh, Theology of the Body talks, even uh, heterosexual uh, sex, the uh, conjugal uh, marital relations between spouses is not going to fulfill you because that's only a sign of the future. And I remember him telling a story. He was in a restaurant. He was talking with his wife, Wendy. And he was saying that he came to the realization that he said, you don't satisfy me. And uh, he said, like, the people around him probably thought that they were going to get a divorce. But they both understood that they can't satisfy each other because only God can truly satisfy the human heart, as St. Augustine said. My heart is restless until it rests in you. So getting back to the topic of prenatal nutritional deficiency, to ensure that you are going to have a healthy baby without birth defects, you want to be taking a healthy body start pack because this gives you the 90 essential nutrients, which is everything that your body needs to be healthy. Also filter your water uh, with a Berkey or other type of filter like that. Uh, avoid toxins as much as you can. And we'll see you next time. To see the products mentioned in this show, head over to freedomfrompharmacy.com and look at this episode's show notes. And you can see all of the Longevity products by clicking on the store tab. The Freedom From Pharmacy podcast is owned by Easy Way LLC and is under Ohio Revised Code 4759.10i.